Hello there. My name is Ruben and on this show I speak to a bunch of my friends about how the last 10 years have been for them. If you know me, there's a high chance that you'll know a bunch of people on the show. In today's episode, we're speaking to my dear friend Amita. She's had an interesting journey, starting off a career in consulting, moving to the US for business school, and then most recently getting married. We talk about the ups and downs during this journey and some of the lessons she's learned along the way. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I've known you from like 2010, which is almost 10 years, more than 10 years now. Um, yeah. how did we meet? Like how did we become friends? Do you remember? We Yeah, I mean I don't remember the exact incident, but I I remember that we were all part of that same gang that used to yeah hang out right after dinner before dinner and i think for some reason while I'm cl- i was close to a lot of them i feel like you and i just clicked i think you me and louis were like this thing for a while right yeah. <laughs> we used to go to kamla together and come yeah. back together <laughs> it, i think we called it the auto gang if i'm not wrong yeah the auto gang yeah. and i couldn't for the life of me tell you guys apart so Uh, yeah but like similar when when i was thinking about with chuck also right um i actually don't remember the exact date which is something which is very weird on when i became friends with most of the people so i've been reaching out to many people and the first thing i think about is hey when did i meet these guys uh, and i don't remember and that's so weird because like i don't even know the date where we became friends um but, but i remember for like some people i feel like there are some incidents that stick um uh, and some is just like maybe we didn't meet one on one or maybe we didn't hit it off right away but like slowly i'm like hey this guy's kind of cool i want to hang out with him yeah. more what is the earliest memory of that with me say with you oh my gosh uh i remember when do you remember this incident in college where a bunch of us had gone out and we got back really late and we got into trouble and it was like yeah. one of the first few weeks <laughs> um no so we had come back and the next year i think everyone all the fuchas heard about it like, oh my god pratika and amita went out and then this happened and blah 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 and uh, i mean it wasn't a big deal we just got kind of late and we were let in and it was all fine but yeah. i i remember being like super scared like oh my god how can this happen i'm such a good girl coming from this small town this like a, a mark on my character <laughs> and all of that shit um so I was feeling really shitty about it the next day and i remember I was in mescot you were sitting with someone and loud you were like so what happened last night and i'm like what yeah. <laughs> thanks for calling me out. yeah i think i But remember that you were. you were not very happy you were just not very happy no to have my misdemeanors shouted out in the mescot no i wasn't happy uh so let me paint the picture um we graduated in 2013 um and you went to work at consulting you went to adk um did that for a couple of years you then went to business school then you moved to the us um you stayed in the us you worked in the us you came back you got married uh, and that's pretty much like uh, all what's happened in the last 10 years right and for for a normal person who's maybe 21 or 19 right they they look at this and they'll be like wow you know this is exactly what i want to be doing um for the next 10 years of my life um and this is like perfect and i can already see your eyes like becoming big but we we've, we've spoken through through these 10 years in in like random occasions and and i know it's not been that perfect 
of a, of a journey, right? It's been you know ups and downs and things like that. So how how do you yeah. see this journey? Like like walk me through this journey from 2013 when we graduated to 2020 now through your eyes. Like like how do you how do you see this journey and and what are like what were these ups and downs for you? Yeah. Okay. So first, I have a very nerdy confession to make, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look the way you laid it out, all of these milestones, like, okay, go to college and work in this firm and then do this from, I think from the time I was maybe in like 10th standard, mm. like this was my plan. Okay. I had a plan like this is where I want to get. I didn't have the exact route of what I'm going to do and what I'll do along the way, but at least professionally, I'm like, okay, I want to go to, it was either Stephens or Xavier's. In fact, like Stephens, I would have, I wish I'd done eco, right? I feel like it was more up my alley, but I, I chose math because it's what I got. And, you know, I took it because I wanted steepest. It was a check mark on my plan. <laughs> right? And then consulting again, like, I don't, I don't believe that anyone actually wants to do consulting. Okay. It's no one's passion or deepest, darkest desire. It pays well and it's good experience. <laughs> so that's why you do it. You work like a dog, but you do it because of all of these reasons, right? As contrary to everybody, as what we say in our interviews, how we were just built for, for consulting and this is our true passion. Yeah, yeah. I'm a natural problem solver, you know me. <laughs> no, but I think that's where the first down happened, right? Like when I had fun in Stephen's, like math was whatever, but you know, I had a really good time. I thought, okay, this is the right place for me. And then I went to consulting and I'm like, shit, man. <laughs> like I'm, I don't want to do this. And that was my first, I think, low where I'm like, I had this whole plan. Is it the right plan? But I was just too chicken to back out at that stage. I think a lot of people at two years kind of quit and do their own thing. And in my head, I'm like, no, 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 I have to get into business school. So I have to like find the right story and make the right move. And that never happened, which is like nothing was the right move. So though I like hunted around for jobs for a bit, it didn't work. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll go to school. And then I applied and Obviously, because I planned this whole thing out, everyone, like, how much is it be waiting for me to apply in the moment they're, like, celebrating the admissions? Obviously, she's applied, she's applied. So that's what in my head would happen, right? And then what actually did happen was rejection emails that come at, like, 2 a.m. Because <laughs> they send it out in US dev, but I wake up in the middle of the night, watch it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I think that was, like, the first failure that I had really experienced right and it hit me hard and you know for i i mean it it wasn't massaging my ego by any stretch of imagination mm. so when i got into ross i'm like okay cool it's um it's not harvard but mm. it's a good school and i'm going to work my butt off over here and mm-hmm. then that's when i'm like okay i'm going to stay true to myself i don't want to do consulting i knew that there were maybe two things that i wanted to do um so like recruited hard for that I was lucky enough to get a job that I liked. After that, it was like, okay, I'm in the US. My The, the guy I'm dating is in India. How do mm-hmm. we make that work? And then I didn't get my visa. And then the pandemic hit and I had to find a job and move countries, all of that during like the biggest pandemic in the world. But I think now when I look back, it's like, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't get my visa. I'm not glad about the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I didn't get my visa because I feel like otherwise I would have, taken my own sweet time to move back mm. and that might not have been the best thing for my personal life right mm. so now because I had this 10-year plan it ended at business school right mm-hmm. so now I'm like 
I'm just winging it. <laughs> For the first time, I'm like, I don't have a story, which is liberating in a way. Now I can do what I want to do, but then I have to figure out what I want, which is, I should have done that when I was 21, not when I'm, I'm not mm. going to say how old I am. <laughs> yes. at, at, at some point in consulting, you realize that this is not it, right? Um, and this is not for you. Do you remember when that was? I think it was uh, on, it was on my first project, right? And mm. it was, I remember I was going to Ahmedabad like every week for mm. that. And that was considered like a super chill project because it was called a work-life balance project where you don't work super hard. You work till like seven or eight at night and you're done. And to everyone else, it was great. But I'm like out of college, raring to go. And I'm like, give me the work. Give me this high impact change that I'm going to make. And in my head, I'm like, okay, someone's going to tell me all the information that I need to know. And I just need to solve this problem and it's going to be great. But I walk in, I'm like, first of all, we've made the problem sound bigger than it actually is. Which means that you don't have a training problem. You don't have a logistics problem. We can optimize it and save you a little bit. And that's when I started thinking like, okay, uh, I don't know if this is the high impact work that I was looking And that's what kind of disillusioned me, right? Mm. Like first of all, no one on the team knows what they're doing. They're all kind of, they're all kind of winning it. Yeah, they fake it till they make it. But over the course of the project, they might learn something. Mm. But I feel like as a consultant, you take more than you give, at least initially. And then I became a little more choosy about the projects that I, I didn't have too much of a chance, but at least the ones that I chase, right? But mm. it was then that I'm like, shit, man, this is not what I want to do. Yeah, I've heard this. Like, I think some people take much, much longer to realize. Um, and I think it is the the fat and constantly increasing sums of money that like keeps you keeps you back. Do, do you think that happened with you? Do you think money held you back in consulting? No. Or was it something else? No, it wasn't. So I think one of the good things was that um, for someone who said that job did pay pretty well, right? So I think very early in my career, I stopped chasing money because I'm like, okay, I'm getting paid really well, but I'm mm. miserable. So I was, in fact, all the jobs I was looking at after that were either with startups or with NGOs or something, but it was a significant pay cut. I was mm. willing to take it because mm. I'm like, it's fine. I can make money later, mm. but this is not what I want to do now. Mm. What really um, held me back was the, it was FOMO, right? I'm like, oh, if I take this option, what if something else comes later that's better? Hmm. Do I want to tie myself to this? And I knew I only had like a year or two before business school. So, When did you know that you wanted to do business school? Was it part of your plan? Yeah, yeah. when I was 15. Oh. <laughs> it was my that's plan. pretty early. <laughs> so let's talk about business school. I know we've again spoken about this for a bit. Um, tell me about like the good, the bad and the ugly uh, of business school. What, what would you say? are the good things, the bad things, and the, the, the ugly things of, of business school? I don't know. I think I went in a lot more prepared. So there were a less, much less surprises. Mm-hmm. So the good is that, um, I mean, honestly, it's a lot of fun, right? You're meeting a ton of people. You essentially are coming from this work life where every deliverable is tracked to, yeah, you're busy. You have like assignments and all to commit, but like the rest of your time you're working on like clubs, you join your clubs and you work on that stuff, right? So it's fun. It's a little stressful. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. So you spend like all your days 
doing all of this shit and then you can all night party so it's i wouldn't i don't know if that's good or bad or ugly but it is what it is um i think one like i wouldn't recommend it for most people because it is a lot of money and unless i think i told you this like unless you want to go into a very it's a very cookie cutter thing and if you can tell my life isn't pretty cookie cutter up to this point like if you know exactly one of the three professions you want to do yes go to business school if uh, you are not sure you might want to do something a little offbeat that's not traditional investment banking or marketing or consulting then don't do it so i met a lot of people who were like going through this revelation like shit this is the entrepreneur's dream <laughs> that mm. every funder will want to now invest in you mm. um i think one of the biggest things i learned in i don't know if it's a us or i don't know if it's this school or if it's just that stage in my life but i learned a lot about mental health mm. and i learned a lot about um some of the things that i was experiencing i hadn't associated it with okay this is a signal of anxiety this is a signal of um a symptom of something else but mm. suddenly when all of these stressors come in and you're a nervous wreck where like will i get a job will i have like a 100 200000 debt on my hands and lying on the street homeless um and that's when you're like okay you need to sort your shit out what is the biggest thing you learned about mental health because i agree i think it's like even for me it's been a rising theme and a rising trend i remember louis is the guy like he got me into into meditating and now it's become like a practice for me but like I, like yeah what is your biggest like learning from your experience with like mental health so i think for me it's it's just that it, it's real and it exists right like, like i i think a preconceived notion in india is it's like you're just sad you'll be fine or like everyone's nervous you'll be fine and i'm like no sometimes you're not fine and it's okay to prioritize yourself and i think that's something that i'd been really bad at right talking about it i wasn't very good so i tried i mean i'm also like not great at practicing it like i tried everything right? i tried the meditation i tried the gratitude journal i tried all of that for bits and pieces of time and it helped it's just when things get good again it it drops off mm-hmm. so when i hit another slump i'm sure it'll come back <laughs> i remember when you were in the us um i think one of the biggest highlights for you was you could spend much more time with your sister um and i think the only pictures i saw of you uh, was you like camping and running and, <laughs> and things like that uh talk to me about that yeah so my sister and i were always i think ever since i was an adult we were close like we used to talk to each other about stuff but mm-hmm. it was never very often because she's been in the us for such a long time um i didn't choose the us and my business school because okay um others would have probably gone to the west coast but mm-hmm. it was after i went then like okay now i have to move to the west coast at least for a while to mm-hmm. you know hang out with her going to the us and kind of being really far away from all of you guys my family like all my cousins maybe like want to like nurture that relationship a lot more right mm. so it made me want to go spend time with her um and we did get very very close during that time because see it's different when you're in touch and you talk like maybe once in two days uh which is pretty often but it's different when you're there day by day and you're going through that ups and downs every day when you get bad news when you get good news so mm-hmm. that really helps so i'm just hoping that and that was why it was difficult for me to leave also mm-hmm. like oh she's never going to move back now i have to and mm-hmm. camping just happened cuz both of us 
really like like it's one thing that's the best thing to do in the US right there's so mm-hmm. much natural beauty so many parks so we would just keep doing that <laughs> so a, a smooth segue i'm so i'm i'm getting so good at this uh into relationships <laughs> <only> number 2 <laughs> into, into relationships and i think this is what i was i think i wanted to spend at least a good 50% of my time talking to you about this because oh you're one of the few people in the gang who got married drum roll class <laughs> so you were in like a long distance relationship for two and a half years with a big time difference and you you like you didn't have a clear like you said right you didn't know if you were coming back to the to india or not yeah just walk me through like how those two and a half years were what was in your mind um, it all ended greatly um, but yeah. but yeah like how, how was that what was what was going on in in your mind through the through those years I mean I don't need to sugarcoat it it sucked okay <laughs> it was horrible to be in a long distance relationship I think what made it a little better was um, obviously we were already dating before I decided to leave and before I applied and all of that and the conversation was it did touch on are you sure you want to go why don't you just do something closer like why don't I think about a different plan but then 15 year old me got up and was like no and i i think my rationale was like listen if i don't do this now i know i'll be doing it for you and not for me and at some point i'm going i know me i'm going to resent you for it and if something tiny goes wrong in my life i'll be like because of you this happened <laughs> this is your fault and there'll be nothing that he can do at that stage to fix mm-hmm. it right so like and he also agreed um i mean i would say 99% of the reason why we're still together is because sankal is extremely patient <laughs> so yeah the two years sucked uh, we i think we we were harboring all these tips and tricks right of how to it helped that both of us were really really busy it wasn't like one person was super free and just waiting for the other to call um it also helped that neither of us are like super jealous or possessive or anything so there was a lot of trust it's not like oh my gosh you're going out who she with all of that shit um and we tried to meet as often as possible i think we ended up meeting the longest we had gone was right before the wedding which was 8 months but before that it was like 6 months 4 months so we always had like a trip coming up um and yeah what obviously there would be nights where i'm like oh my god this is going to end am i doing the right thing am i wasting my time but i don't know man it was i like him <laughs> that felt a lot i think we got really close because <laughs> we are talking for like you're talking every day and then on the weekends you talk like at least for an hour or something so i think what would you guys talk about we we used to talk about all sorts of things i don't know like i tell him about my day. so we by extension knew each other's lives right so because we get play by play updates so he knew all the gossip about everyone in school he's never met them but he knows everything about them <laughs> i knew all the drama that's happening and for me it was a little easier cuz his friends were so, his circle was still the same so i knew everyone mm-hmm. he was talking about so all the drama that happened we just gossiped about other people honestly <laughs> and then at sometimes it would turn serious and we talk about you know what we want our life to be like and what's important in a relationship how we should be as people and how do we become a more productive human being but that was i would say like 20% of the conversation 
you got married recently when when did like you guys decide that it was time and and did pandemic have to do anything with it like how do we pick a date or how do we decide to get married just like you're decided to get married in 2020 yeah so okay so i i think we so my parents didn't know about him for the longest time right um i think i told them maybe one year into business school and my philosophy is like see i don't think they're going to be like jumping up and down with joy when they hear about it um and since that's the case i want to make sure that i am 100% sure before telling them which is why i waited a year of going away i'm like okay what if long distance changes things i don't want to have to go through that battle um so i think we decided that this was going somewhere and we want to get married when i told my parents and then slowly we had this date of 2020 was supposed to be october 2020 when we got married um but after i came back and then the pandemic happened and i think at some point we were like you know what like why do we we waited till october because we had this venue and this wedding that i had in mind right <laughs> like anyway none of that is going to happen 15 year old like people that, are going to come down. is that part of your 15 year old self luckily it did not uh, i didn't 15 year old amita did not spend time on frivolous things like mm-hmm. a wedding <laughs> she was thinking about this school apparently <laughs> stupid god <laughs> um but yeah so we just pulled the trigger cuz you're like why wait and also because of the pandemic it's not like we could visit each other so he was stuck in yeah, bombay i was stuck in kerala and our parents were like no you can't live together before you are married so like fine we get married you know <laughs> that's why we yeah. did it that was a trigger so so I, i remember the wedding it was it was 100% on zoom i don't think there are going to be too many people on this world who actually have a wedding on zoom uh, well i hope <laughs> not but i hope how how was the wedding like how was the zoom wedding it was essentially just my parents and five or six of my friends who were in bombay mm. were there of course there were more of sankar's friends who were also my friends now um but like i'm very close to my cousins all of them couldn't make it so as you could see by all the tears i was really torn up about it but at the end of it i i ended up thinking that it was perfect because all of you sent your love like virtually and all of that but i really want to know how it was for you was it weird <laughs> oh, it was super weird like, like, it, was, it was very weird uh, we had like i was at city's house and you were on the screen on youtube <laughs> and there are people like commenting it's like this is live stream happening and my friends getting married and then we are drinking with another computer and we're like what is happening um so so yeah like like a couple of i think weeks earlier another friend of mine got married in singapore uh, and this was more like a court wedding um and we were all in masks where the solemnizer was doing like like reading out and i'm like wow like th- this is not how i pictured my closest friends getting married <laughs> yeah as as you look uh to the future what what stuff is on your mind or what what stuff are you nervous about with regards to the to the marriage i don't know i feel like everything's going to be interesting but uh i'm uh looking forward to just like spending time because we haven't done that for 3 years so mm-hmm. majority of our relationship has been long distance so it would be nice to spend time nervous about how things will change as you know we get older and you know maybe we'll have kids and then how that's going to change because i can't anticipate me being 
easy mom, right? <laughs> and he'll be like the most easy going dad. It's like everything's fine. So, and then, you know, like I want to get to know his family and gel with them. I can't, like his grandmother and I, don't, the only comp, both of us know Hindi very broken. <laughs> so <laughs> every day, I only know how to say, how are you in Marathi? So every time we talk, we just say, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay, bye. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. But yeah, things like that, it'll be uh, very interesting to see how we both navigate that, right? And the different cultures and the different backgrounds. But uh, so far, it hasn't been a problem. But I'm just, I don't know. As you go forward, I hope it still won't be a problem. <laughs> you mentioned that, you know, 15-year-old Amita did not want a lot of frivolous things, right? Over the last 10 years, what things have become, you know, less important to you uh, and what are the things which have become much, much more important for you um, today? That's a deep question, Ruben. <laughs> when did you become so deep? <laughs> I research, yeah. Um, I think uh, I, I, I think I used to put a lot of emphasis on labels and brands of this college and this company and all of that. Um, and it is also driven by, you know, when you hear people think about, oh, this one went to this school and went to this company and they had no idea what he's doing there, but he might be the cleaning guy for all you know, but just so that, just because he's in that company, it's a big deal. Um, and no offense to cleaning guys, right? I think that was what I was chasing, right, for the longest time. And I think that first two years in consulting, I, I still chased it to a certain extent when I looked at business school, because I'm still like, oh, people in India are going to be like, which school are you in? If I talk about some random school, they're like, uh, which happened to little. No one knows what the University of Michigan is. <laughs> um, but now that I've finished my 10-year plan and I feel like I'm free to be me, like it doesn't matter to me as much. It doesn't matter um, where, like what job I work at. It doesn't have to be a big company. I, it just coincidentally happened that I'm working at a big company now, but when I think of my career in the future, that won't be what I'm chasing. I think I'll be chasing, like, what am I actually going to be doing? Is it a purpose I believe in? Is it something that I feel like can I add value? Is that because you've already done all of it and you've checked it off? Because, you know, some might Maybe. argue in saying that, you know, you've done all of this. So it's very easy for you to say all of that. But like, yeah. if you were to go back, would you, would you have done things differently? I don't think, I think I would have spent a lot more time between my first job and I think I'm glad I, my first job was where it was because I think it did open a few doors right that I wouldn't have gotten um, ultimately but I would have spent more time exploring you know like doing random things working with random companies that sound interesting and figuring out what I like um, and not having to do it now so now it's like I finally feel free to do that and maybe it's it's because I can explore because I have all of these things behind me which give me some sort of credibility. And then if I dabble, I can be like, oh yeah, you know, this is me finding myself or whatever. But I don't know, like tomorrow, if you, if, I mean, in 2013, if you offered me this really cool job at this company that let's say Uber, right? I, no one knew who it was, uh, but it was up and coming. I would have been like, no way, I can't take that risk. And that's stupid. Like at 21, you can take that risk. That's when you can take that risk. So today I feel like I would have said yes. It might not be Uber. I might not have the foresight to see that becoming like such a big deal. Mm. Um, but, you know, I would be more open to trying things now. Do you think you're more open to trying things now? 
Yeah, for sure. So I'm a stickler for rules. I'm less of a stickler for rules. I won't say I'm not a stickler. I'm less of a stickler. <laughs> so <laughs> what's, the, what, what's the most what's the most riskiest thing you're doing now? Oh my gosh, dude, you're calling me out. <laughs> now I'm not doing anything risky at this point. Um, but I guess in a way you're right. I do still have. I have four years to all my stock vests, and then <laughs> I will be risky. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm not doing anything risky now. Shit, man! Now I have to go do something risky. <laughs> uh, so, so you told me what's become less important to you. What's become more important? I think family and friends have become so much more important to me now. And I feel like all of this has happened over the last, let's say, four years. Right? It's not like it progressively happened. There's always this time in your life where you think. you know what's best and your family doesn't yeah. but i think over time you're like they might know what they're talking about and i want to be closer to my cousins and want to be closer to my parents and my sister and when i left them like serious como right you guys could hang out i couldn't but instead of trying to chase new relationships i think it's important to also foster the ones that you have keep in touch i feel like we are learning how to do a good job with it and the pandemic made it a little easier to do that good job mm-hmm. but uh, long way to go mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i love you guys i want to keep in touch i want to know what's going on in your life and not be surprised when i hear that nadeem has covid like what the <laughs> hell <laughs> and hence you should continue listening to the podcast that's the whole point <laughs> yes yes i would i think to end what what advice would you have for your 20 year old self Loosen up, man! Like, don't be such a stick in the mud. I feel like I was very uh, had to do things properly. Just go with the flow. It's gonna be fine. Learn from your friend Ruben. Thank you for I'm taking nervous. time, Amita. Uh, uh, you're welcome. Pleasure having you on the podcast. It is my honor. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you'd like to hear more of such stories, do let me know. See you in the next one.